Eels off the top. Larkham. Herbert smashes through the middle. Regan. Drop goal from Larkham. Up it goes. Could you believe it? Larkham has to be a De Beer. Welcome back to the Green and Gold Rugby Show for another week. I'm Reg Roberts, and this is the show that's getting you over the game line of the hottest topics of Australian rugby. That was take three for all our listeners out there. I'd forgotten it one week away, and it's all gone down the drain. Um, thankfully, uh, what has also gone down the drain is, is Matt Gagger. He's left us for the night and leaving us with uh, a couple of old faithfuls and Hugh Cavill. How are you, Hugh? Uh, I'm good, Reg. I'm good. Jeez, uh, uh, I'm, I'm pretty fired up about uh, the Lions and the All Backs, so I can't wait to get into it. Well, and Jamie Miller, we've also got on the line from the States. Jamie, you're equally fired up, aren't you? Oh, absolutely. Glad to be uh, coming off the bench in a reshuffle after Matt's gotten a red card. You know, it's, uh, it's important to, <laughs> to perform. Yeah, well, it was uh, long overdue for Matt Raleigh, as it was a red card for the All Blacks. And we'll get into that for a little, uh, in a little bit. The big Lions focus to the show uh, tonight, obviously, uh, a mammoth, mammoth game on the weekend. Uh, we do have Super Rugby this week, so we will talk a little bit about that. But we're going to dig deep into the lines and, and our burning questions, which we will get to soon. I'll run through those, and then we've got a bit of a quick guest uh, on the show before we get stuck into them. So question number one, did the Lions win the test or did the All Blacks lose it? Question two, did the ref get those big calls right? Number of big calls there, were they right or wrong? Question three, who holds the key to victory at Eden Park this weekend? Uh, and question four, who are you cheering for and why? And then finally, question five, what do we want to see from the last rounds of Super Rugby? Um, before we get stuck into it, though, it would be remiss of us to have a Lions podcast without talking to our old mate JB. Mate, they did it. The Lions got up 24-21. We know we've only got you for a short time. What's your what's your take from it, mate? How uh, how did they do it? And I guess um, uh, let's. I want a little snippet of what's to expect for next week as well. Oh, well, first of all, what an incredible game. I mean, I don't get many predictions right, but I got this one right, which is it was probably one of the greatest, greatest test matches, certainly of the last five years. It was phenomenal. Absolutely amazing, wasn't it? Sensational. I know, and I know you guys sort of mentioned on the, on the Egg Chasers podcast uh, that there was a lot of hype to it, but it probably lived up to that hype, didn't it? Oh, Absolutely, uh, and not only that, I, you know, I think now that they've got that kind of monkey off the monkey off their back, and they believe that they that, that they can win. In fact, they know that they can win. They're set up for a really interesting third test. So I, I kind of consider, I kind of think of it, during like the Cruyff turn, when people first saw the Cruyff turn, they thought that is absolutely incredible. It can't possibly be be done again, and now everyone can do a Cruyff turn. So beating the All Blacks once is fine, but I've got a feeling it's going to ha- going to happen. Again, this weekend. All right. Well, let's let's ask this question first, mate, and it, we'll dig into it ourselves a bit later. So, did you guys, the Lions, win that, or did the All Blacks lose it? Uh, good question. Uh, I think we won it. I think we won it because during the game, when the All Blacks went down to 14 men, the Lions weren't, weren't particularly good. In fact, they were pretty poor. The All Blacks started to build up a lead. And it wasn't until they played 14 on 14 that... The, the, the Lions sort of, like, got, themselves, got, got, got themselves together. They got a bit shaken up. And they actually won. They actually started pulling back when the numbers were even. So because of that, I actually say that the Lions won it. I think if they, if they stayed 
at 15 versus 14, the All Blacks would have actually t- t- taken that game. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a really solid point. Okay, so I want to look ahead then, because I know we've only got a couple, couple more minutes. So oh, what, sorry, who um, holds... Go on, mate. Yeah, no, uh, you're, fine, uh, you're fine for now. I'm going to be getting on a tram in about one minute's time, but I'll carry on talking anyway. I just might sound different. Yeah, that's all right. All right. Well, do we look ahead then, mate? I want to get your impression of the third test and what do you think the key to victory is for the Lions? Well, I think something which not many people have mentioned is consistency in selection. Sean O'Brien got cited. He's now free to play. And the attritional nature of the tour hasn't really caught up with the Lions. I think they're going to pick the same starting 15 which they started with on the second test for the third test. Now, let's just just suppose this with the All Blacks. Bill, um, they're probably going to be missing. Who's the lad with 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 concussion? I can't, can't even remember. But they've oh, got they've got well, that second hollow. Yep, that, that's the boy. Um, so actually, and also Ben Smith is out. So you know you combine all all, um, all those things, and consistency is actually on uh, is actually on the side side of the Lions rather than the All Blacks. Um, the All Blacks centred part partnership has the potential to be absolutely brilliant. But they've not got much they've got not, not got much game time together. So they're probably gonna go with Leonard Brown and they're probably gonna go with Takatoa. Two fantastic players, but as you know, it takes time to build a combination. So uh, it'll be interesting to see if those guys settle in immediately and if those guys will be good enough to do a job on the Lions. I'm not sure they are. Yeah, so the, the combination you guys that really came through uh, many things across the part was the, the Sexton Farrell. Do you see that playing yeah. any differently if they do have that you know, change of New Zealand combination? Uh, I think it becomes easier for sure. Uh, my big problem with Farrell at 12 is that he could quite easily be overpowered by Sonny Bill. Now, Farrell can make some big hits himself, but he's kind of boom or bust. He either makes a big hit or he bounces off. He isn't a particularly consistent tackler. And with a lad like Sonny Bill, that's difficult. And I think we also saw a little bit of that with, uh, with Lamafu when he came on. I think he's going to settle down and be a lot more effective against one of the smaller centres, one of the less explosive centres, than he would be against Sonny Bill. And then you combine that as well with how they played. They actually started off pretty poorly. you think two good, good, good kicking options would have kicked well. Well, they didn't. And it wasn't until they actually decided to open up and play that they did, that they did well. So um, I'm, I'm actually expecting a huge improvement from the Farrell Sex Axis this week, uh, mostly because of who, who they're playing, but also because of that extra bit of experience they've got as a test pairing. Yeah, the, the, one of the standout points from the weekend, and, you know, some of it can go come down to Sunny Bill's absence, but it was uh, the way the Lions finished. I think they're one of the rare teams that finished on top of the All Blacks, particularly yeah. from points That was a real critical component to it, wasn't it? Yeah, and isn't it strange to think that all week we've been talking about impact off the bench, and actually Warren Gatlin made relatively few changes. He didn't bring on the guys you'd expect him to, such as you know, CJ Sanders stay, stayed on the bench, Ben Teo stayed on, on, on the bench. So it really is a credit to this Lions team's overall fitness that they were that they were able to outplay the All Blacks all the way to the end. The counterpoint to that, however, is maybe the 14 men of the All Blacks did did eventually catch up with them. So you know, uh, it, it could be a combination of both those things. In fairness. Yeah, well, mate, it's got 
going to be a fascinating third test. We're going to get stuck into it uh, ourselves further. We're going to let you go because it sounds like the entire Lions touring party has just dumped on the uh, the tram with you. So uh, <laughs> thanks for joining us again, JB. And, and, and for those who want to hear a little bit more about what uh, JB and his mates think, make sure you download the Ian Chasers podcast this week. I assume there'll be another one coming out in a couple of days. Uh, there will be. We'll have one out on Thursday evening. Uh, but as always, boys, it's a pleasure talking to you. Cheers, JB. We'll speak to you soon, mate. Best of luck for the weekend. Cheers. Goodbye. All right, good stuff, JB. Fantastic to have him on the show once again. Obviously, we were battling uh, London public transport there uh, with a bit of noise in the background, but I think he got the message there. There's a bit of quiet, maybe not even quiet confidence uh, from JB at least looking into this weekend. But let's look back before we head forward. Uh, Jamie, the test on the weekend, lots of big moments. Uh, The first... Uh, a New Zealand loss for a, a few years. And uh, I guess the question becomes, did the Lions win that test or did the All Blacks lose it? I think it was a bit of both, really. Um, I mean, I, you know, JB talked about what a great match it was. And certainly, I think, for the significance in global rugby and the, the tension, it was great. It wasn't a great spectacle uh, in the sense that, you know, for the first and fourth quarters, the Lions were really good. Um, but in the middle portion of the match, they just handed the game to the New Zealand. I mean, not only did they just commit penalty after penalty in um, in their own area, not even in the 22, just in that band between 22 and halfway, but they allowed the All Blacks to slow the game right down, which is with 14 men was exactly what they needed. Um, and there was actually a really good stat coming out of, uh, I think it was Ireland over the weekend that showed that, the ball was in play for about 60%, about three-fifths as much as would normally be the case, even for a Six Nations game. For a rugby championship game, the ball is in, in play a lot more. But for compared to the usual amount of ball in play, about 39 minutes for a Six Nations or World Cup 2015 match, the ball was only in play for 60% of the time. That reflects well on New Zealand's ability to, to reduce the amount of time they had to defend with 14 guys. But it was also because Bowden Barrett got to line up about 23 kicks at goal and take a minute with each one. So, you know, it was a bit of both. You know, the Lions took their opportunities well, but uh, the match did not reflect brilliantly on both teams. Uh, you know, I've got to disagree with JB there. Well, we'll get to Hugh in a second. That, that's, that's a really interesting one about the slowing down. And, uh, you know, your perception that that was the, the all back slowing it down wasn't a tactic from the lows and to control the play. I know Matt Rowley last week obviously was on the show. He was insistent that the Lions would really want to speed things up and try the try and match the All Blacks for speed and entertainment, wasn't he? And but in in the end it was quite the the, the slow game plan there. Yeah, I mean the conditions had a lot to do with that. You know, heavy rain, um Wellington's always a ground that is terrible to play in those conditions. But the All Blacks just managed it better. You know, lots of little dinky kicks in behind um, you know, playing a bit of a territory game. And then, of course, the fact that the Lions just kept stopping the game every three or four phases uh, with, you know, some pretty foolish discipline, also a real inability to read the referee, uh, really played into the All Blacks' hands with 14 men. I imagine at 60 minutes, they were up by nine points. The All Blacks must have been rubbing their hands, you know? Yeah, indeed. All right, Hugh, your turn, Mike. Uh, a Lions win that one or the All Blacks loss? Look, I I'll, I won't sit on the fence like Jamie. I'm going to say I think the All Blacks lost it. Um, you know, the, the combination of of, of Sonny's um, 
of red card, which was obviously you know the one of the ultimate unforced errors, and and then Bowden Barrett just missing those kicks, you know, in, in a tight test, rain. Uh, as we've discussed, a, a very slow test with not much ball in play time. You, you've got to kick those goals, and, and look, some of them were tough, but some of them weren't. And, and unfortunately, uh, Bowden Barrett is the reigning player of the year, but uh, he was pretty well outclassed by the Lions, halves in, in Sexton and Farrell, and both in play and, and off the tee. So, look, I, I think the Lions can obviously uh, um, take a lot out of that game and, and, look, scoring the two tries to zero and, and uh, really... You know, taking it to the All Blacks at, at certain stages, but you've got to say, uh, I, I think they were they were lucky to win that in the end. And you know, uh, had Barrett uh, kicked a few more of those kicks, and had the All Blacks been a little bit more clinical in that last fifteen twenty minutes, they had plenty of chances to put the game away. But you know, Aaron Cruden just sort of grubbed it dead on a couple of occasions, and they just lacked their usual poise in attack. And and you know, I, th- I think an All Blacks team probably puts that game away eight or nine times out of ten, even with a uh, 14 on the field. But still, the fact that they didn't, I, I think, uh, you know, the, a lot of the errors were theirs and not, not forced by the Lions. So, look, I, I, all credit to the Lions, of course, and, and did doing something that I don't think anyone's done for about 11 years is that is winning on New Zealand soil. I think it's been 11 years or so, um, a long time. So, um yeah, but I think ultimately it was a lot of unforced errors from the All Blacks. Yeah, it's interesting. And I mentioned in that quick chat I had with JB that sort of the points scored in that last quarter. And again, there is a Sunny Bill factor. We can talk about that. But um, what was it with about 20 to go? You know, that's when uh, Falatau scored his try and, and it was 18-14 and then obviously finished up 24-21. So... Um, you know, that, that they ran over the top of the 18 9 um, to the All Blacks with just over 20 minutes to go. So, uh, only been scored by the, uh, by the Lions. So, that's pretty monumental. That's something we always talked about. I mean, anyone who sort of previewed this tour, this tour was about, you know, you can always expect the All Blacks to run you down. You know, if you're going to have a lead, after 21 minutes, uh, yeah, after you know, 60 minutes, uh, you're going to have to hold on tight to finish the game because uh, they'll run it down. On, on this occasion, they couldn't. Um, is that all down to the sunny bill? Do you think, or, or, or is it more, you know, uh, more to it, Jamie? No, I think you know it was just a, uh, you know, I think what the Lions did do very well was they took those opportunities. The two tries they scored were both really nicely taken tries, really nicely worked. And, you know, they really underlined what has been one of, if not the dominant trend in world rugby over the last four or five years, which has been the influx of Southern Hemisphere players into um, Britain in particular, and particularly the influx of coaches, you know, those nice little screen passes and loops. I mean, those had Southern Hemisphere coaching just written all over them. And it's amazing, I think, to compare the type of play and the types of skill set that this Lions team has with a Lions team from, say, 12 years ago, you know, or the Lions that toured Australia in 2001. I mean, it's just, it's out of sight different. It's chalk and cheese. Um, and so I think that, you know, the Lions will take that away from the match. Um, that's what I reckon. All right. Well, let's let's look at that, that next question here. Um, uh, Hugh, let's go to you. So the big calls in this match, I guess the Sunny Bill, 
Mako Vunapolo and even Sean O'Brien, I guess, to come out later. The, the decisions, the red card, the yellow card, correct calls from your perspective? I think they were, you know. I mean, the Sonny Bill Williams, I think there's been a lot of debate. Well, not 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 actually a lot of debate, really, but a lot of commentary about it, which, you know, broadly, everyone's on more or less the same page. It's it's a shoulder to the head um, with, with no arm involved. I think in real time, it looked fairly innocuous, and it was why I think the ref didn't immediately blow it up. But obviously, the slow motion replay showed it to be pretty... Um, you know, pretty pretty damning. So look, it's a red card. I think in years gone by, it's, it's probably not a red card. But um, you know, because as I said, in real time, I'm not sure you pick that up. But um, look, I don't think Sonny Bill Williams can can blame anyone else but himself um, for that one. The Mako Vinopolo one, I think, was probably fair yellow. I think a red card would have been too much for for that. I mean, I think the broader problem with that sort of um, clear out is Reg. It's something that's happening more and more in the, in the game now, where you know, in in, in years yeah. gone past, that the clear out was a was a means of securing possession. It was pushing the opposition off the ball so the halfback could access it. You know, you were literally cleaning out um, the area of the ruck and, and and giving yourself good ball. Now it appears like it's just an excuse to smash anyone within two or three yeah. meters of the ruck. Absolutely. Yeah, and and it happens across all nations: Super Rugby, Test Match Rugby, Club Rugby. It's just you know blokes flying in with shoulders to prone people on the ground in the name of you know physicality and being a hard man for a hard man's sake. You're not clearing anyone off the ball. You're not really benefiting your team in any way other than inflicting pain on a member of the opposition. Uh, you know within the boundaries of the law. I think it's something that World Rugby have got to crack down on. And the Vunapola thing was an out, you know, was obviously an extreme case. Barrett was nowhere near that and off to the side. And Vunapola just came in completely recklessly. Um, but at the same time, I reckon if I went through that game with a fine tooth comb, I could find you five or six similar incidents that just no one picked up because, you know, it, it was, it was slightly out of the ref's field of vision or, or, you know, it was, um, in the sort of melee of the ruck. So look, I, I think it's a fair call, but I think it's something that we've got to look a little bit more at because too often it's just, just, um, you know, people flying in. Um, without much care for themselves or the, or, or the other players. Um, the only other core, cool, Reg, and, and I like to hear Jamie's view on this, is yeah. um, uh, is, is the last one. Yeah, the, the tackle in the air, which I think, to be honest, under the you know letter of the law, I think is probably a penalty, and that's you know I can I can sort of um, reconcile that you know uh, as as a, as a act by Gus says, but to be honest, is it something that we need to look at? Um, a law variation to make it a bit like an accidental offside, you know, that, that it's just a scrum or something. I don't know, because you've got to protect the player and, you know, tackling someone in the air is a pretty ugly sort of thing and can result in some pretty dangerous sort of um, landing for the for the player. But at the same time, I mean, um, Charlie Famuina was making a rugby play. It was He was tackling a player that was coming at him at great speed. I, I don't know how what he was supposed to do in that instance. So I feel like it was a it was a pretty unfair penalty on on him because what he was doing to me was 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 a pretty fair act within the within what within the confines of the game. Jamie, over to you, highly credentialed uh, rugby referee. What were your thoughts on that last one in particular? Um, yeah, look, I mean, I did. I think it was a little tough. I do think Falmoina knew what he was doing and um, had enough time to make a different decision, you know, sit back on his heels, take the contact rather than uh, be aggressive with it. 
you know, at the same time, the player was in a sense jumping into the tackle. I mean, you could definitely feel aggrieved, but by the letter of the law, there's no doubt he got it right. Um, the red card was absolutely the right call. I don't think there was any issue there. And, and you know, it was good to see a red actually given on a big occasion like this. I mean, if you think back to 2009 in the opening minute of yeah, one of the, the eye gouges. Yeah, yeah. Skulkberger very plainly eye gouged a Lions player on the sideline right in front of the AR and they went for a yellow. That was unforgivable and would have changed the, you know, really very likely would have changed what happened in that series and that match. In 2013, James Hall stepped on someone's head uh, a little accidentally, but still stepped on someone's head. Today, that's a clear red and and should have been on the day as well. Um, I think the real problem with the game management was just Garces's inability to punish the Lions in discipline. I mean, at the end of the day, Barrett took nine kicks at goal. That's nine penalties conceded in the Lions' own half. A lot of those other penalties, like the Vunapola one and Vunapola hitting Barrett after the kick, those were in the other half. And there wasn't a yellow card for repeat offences. you just got to wonder how many penalties was going to be too many for Garces to say, you guys are actually just totally off the reservation here. Um, you know, that's, that's too many repeat penalties. Here's a yellow card. Um, and he just never got around to that. And that was really surprising. And if I were a New Zealand fan and if I had more sympathy for New Zealand fans, I would be pretty aggrieved about that. So The Lions were offside all night. It was ridiculous. Some of the, they, you know, they've been offside uh, all tour. They've been offside yeah. all tour. Um, Mauro doesn't know where the offside line is. He's just, no. he, you know, he's, he's in international waters the whole game. Yeah, absolutely. I was lucky enough to watch with the New Zealand commentary, which was, you know, just great, actually, because, you know, as they started to, you know, when the red card happened, the, the commentators started to get nervous and they just became complete partisans. And um, they mentioned at one stage that Mauro Toji was lining up level with the All Blacks halfback and they were totally right about it. I mean, he was just miles offside. And, you know, I think, you know, having these French referees and that sort of thing, you know, there just hasn't been much of an effort to police the offside line on the entire tour. Like, it just hasn't been a focus, and that's a shame. Yeah, I, I want to reference it because I saw someone tweet or do something on social media saying, uh, Atoji cares about the offside line as much as I care about the Kardashian family. I thought it was a, <laughs> a, pretty, a, a pretty good line um, with a, some nice visuals to back it up. He was he was living in the all-black land most of that game. Um uh, okay, so look, big calls, I guess, we, we most... Sean O'Brien, uh, what about that one? I mean, did, did you pick anything up in the game there, Jamie, or was that, you know, dealt with afterwards? It wasn't even um, sort of thrown to the hearing afterwards. It was sort of dismissed. I mean, I think it was one of those things where it was just entirely accidental. I mean, the player was very low moving. The problem is, again, like, if they'd gone upstairs to the TMO and applied the law book rigidly, uh, it probably would have been at least a penalty. Um you know, they've got to look at that. They've got to look at clarifying the law on accidental contact with the head, yeah. particularly when it's a foot off the ground. I mean, I just think it's that is not a law that can stand the way that it is right now. But the outcome was the right outcome, which was a penalty, no siding, no suspension. That was the right call overall. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, I want to move on to question three and we can delve into it here and the key to victory, Hugh, you've already said that the All Blacks lost that one. Um, very rarely do they do that two matches in a row. What are the keys to victory here? I guess, you know, from a Lions perspective, but um, likewise from an All Black perspective. 
Well, it's and I think JB had it right. It's that continuity, you know. Um, uh, oh, magnificently. I think Sexton was was the big difference maker in the in the in the game um, on last week because he just uh, his little classy touches around the ruck, his lovely little second man plays with Farrell, and then. Um, I think it was Ken Owens, or I can't remember who it was that was was late in the game. That the hooker George, that they put through. Jamie George, Jamie George, yeah, Jamie George. Right. Yeah. Um, and you know so, some of his other little touches were were really magnificent and controlling that game well. I think the battle of the tens is going to be absolutely fascinating this week because Bowden Barrett, you know, as as I said before, missed some kicks, and I feel like he was pretty well outpointed by by Sexton. And you got to think as the reigning IRB Player of the Year, he's got to step up. He's got to sort of stamp, put his stamp on the series, a bit like what Dan Carter did in 2005. Yeah. You know, can he take this series by the scruff of the neck? And he's the guy I'm going to really have my eye on this week. Um, but for the All Blacks, I think it's about getting back to basics in that forward pack, getting that dominance like they had in that first test with guys like Brody Retallick and Cody Taylor, um, Kieran Reid, you know, get, getting back into that game and controlling that go forward in and around the, the, the ruck and the tight spaces, the first and second channels. Can they get that go forward ball consistently? And if they can, that obviously makes everyone else's life easier in the back line. But, you know, J, JB had it right. They've got, they've, they're onto new, more new faces in the back line and, and uh, chopping and changing yet again. And it'll be interesting to see at 13, they've got some real issues. Are they going to, they've brought in Malachi Fekitoa. They've got Ryan Crotty, who's carrying an injury. I think they've got a few other guys floating around, but um, it's, it's not obvious who, who's going to be uh, fronting up in that back line. So it's, it's an interesting dilemma. And it's what, what makes this game so fascinating. What's makes this game, you know, I think for me, the, one of the outside of the world cup final, probably the most anticipated test match for, for, you know, a long time. Um, especially not involving the Wallabies. It's, 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 a, it's really, uh, so many in- interesting talking points. And the other one, I mean, is, is the referee. We've got Roman Poit coming in. So we've got another French ref who is not fond of, uh, letting things play out at the scrums and in general play. Um, I think he's, you know, a pretty good ref as well. Uh, and just hope he has, has a good day because I gotta say, um, yeah, you know, we, we just want to let these two teams fight it out. And, uh, I just don't don't want uh, the referee to get in the way at all. Um, you know, the point you made, and Jamie will let you have your say in a sec, but the point you make about the excitement building around this test, as it did the test before, as it test, did the test before that, is bang on. It, it, this is, you know, Lions tours are where it's at. You know, Rugby World Cup, fantastic. But geez, these tours are fantastic to watch as a rugby fan. And I was amazed to hear, to see some articles last week um, people having to refute calls to, to, to cancel future Lions tours. And I couldn't quite, could never understand what the argument behind that is. Maybe, you know, in this professional age, these thrown together teams aren't the competition, um, uh, they once were. But, uh, geez, this has just been everything that this tour, we had hoped for a tour. Um, and it comes down to this third test this weekend. Uh, it, it is so exciting. And I think that, you know, come, Friday, uh, Saturday evening, rugby fans you know, across Australia and obviously the UK and New Zealand and, and most of the globe will, will be watching because th- this will be spectacular. Um, uh, Jamie, from your perspective, keys to victory for each team? Um, I think for the Lions, I really agree with uh, Matt Rowley here. I can't believe I'm saying that, but 
Um, I think they need to ignore what happened last week with the red card and the weather. It was a bit of an outlier and go back to the conclusion from test one, which was they need to control the game, get the ball down in all black territory, kick smartly. And I think that Murray Sexton axis, probably the best halves combination in the world, uh, particularly at this level is just going to be vital for that. And so I think as much as they wanted to be up-tempoing it with 15 on 14 last week, I don't think that's what they need to do this week. I think they need to control the game and they need to reduce the amount of uh, quick ball and quick phase possession that the All Blacks have. And that'll be what's key for the Lions. For the All Blacks, I'm just fascinated to see what they're going to do in the midfield. Um, they're in a real spot, you know, make no bones about it. Um, you know, Laumapi is really raw. Um, he, he even looks raw at super level, you know, a guy with a lot of talent, very hard, straight runner, got a nice knack for finding the try line. But, you know, that's that's where the Lions made those breaks that led to their tries last week was just nice little screen plays in around 10, 12, 13 that forced Laumapi to make a lot of decisions. And, you know, even good players are going to make the wrong decision from time to time, but he made the wrong decision, you know, a couple of times. Um, I think they'd be thrilled to have Lamarpi in that 12 jersey. Personally, I'd probably be looking to shift Leonard Brown into 12. He's much more of a uh, an all-round player who can release the guys outside him and bring someone else in at 13. Uh, they've got no shortage of 13s that they could bring in. But um, if Lamarpi's playing, the Lions are just going to target him endlessly. Those lines run by Jonathan Davis, who was incredible last weekend, were just torturing the inside shoulder of the of his opposite man, and that's where they were creating all their space. Yeah, Jonathan Davies, he and Liam Williams, and I know Liam's a bit younger, he's only sort of the last couple of years, but Jonathan Davies is just one of those players that the All Blacks have always had trouble with, and, and Liam Williams of this past 18 months, the, I think it was the Welsh Tour last year, who tore him up, and he's been fantastic this tour as well. So, yeah, those guys just step up. Okay, I, I want tips then, mate. Uh, uh, Jamie, you, who's your tip and by how much? I, I still think the All Blacks will win by about seven, um, but I would I would love to see the Lions win. I think I think Steve Hansen is right that it's good for rugby to see the Lions doing well, and yeah, I, but I do think the All Blacks will get up. Hugh. I'm 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 really not sure about this game and and look yeah it's I I think I'm going to go in with a mate into the rocks in Sydney and watch it I've got an Irish housemate who is not really a rugby fan but he's just been buzzing all week he can't wait okay. for it um you know I think it's really going to captivate it's going to be fantastic and be interesting to keep see what the TV ratings do as well because um you know it shows you that when the big rugby events happen people still watch and and um you know, it's still such a great game, such a great spectacle. Look, I'm going to tip the All Bucks. I'm going to stick to you know what I've what I've been doing so far. And and last week, of you know, I had a feeling it was going to be a close game, but this game, I I just have a feeling that it's going to be close as well. But I think it might just tip in the All Bucks' favour. Um, Eden Park is the you know the the obvious game changer. They're so good at Eden Park, and I think those experienced heads in that forward pack I can see coming to the fore. And, and really stepping up. Um, and the Lions, you know, I think they'll, they'll, um, you know, someone likened it to, um, the reverse of what happened in Australia four years ago where, yeah. you know, we won the second test, but you just felt like we were hanging on by a thread and we'd expended all of our emotional energy into that second test. Um, and 
by the time the third test came along, even though it was one all, the Lions were probably looking a little bit better and had more in the tank. And I feel like that might be the case for the All Blacks. You know, I feel like the Lions put it all on the line in that second test and you could see their celebrations after the full-time siren. It was just a little bit too much. You know, they, they were celebrating the look of a team that looked like they were just happy to win one game. And I'm not sure that they've really got that killer instinct to get the third test um, over the line. So with that in mind, um, I'll, I'll tip the, uh, I'll tip the um, All Blacks and I'll tip them uh, by eight points. Yeah, okay. Look, oh, you, you stole my thunder a bit then. Just, but before I do that, you, you say that about the Lions, and one guy who wasn't present was, was their captain, Warburton. He was, he was straight into it and, and basically said, I'm not happy we haven't won the series yet. So I know he would have got them all into the change room and, and got them focused. But, mate, I think you're exactly right. This, this you know, mirrors to me a little bit of that tour a few years uh, to Australia four years ago where... You know, we lost the first one. The Wallabies lost the first one by two points, and that was Kirtley's missed kick, and then we won the first one by a point, uh, and we thought we might be half a chance, but then we're just blown out of the water. And I get the impression that might happen here. I think the All Blacks will win this running away with it. I think this might be a 20, 30-pointer. I just checked the weather forecast, and it's cold and rainy in Auckland, but I don't think that'll stop anything. I think the All Blacks will click with this one, and um, they could do it quite comfortably. So we'll see how it all pans out. Which, which kind of brings us to our next question, and, and, and it is um, the uh, who are you cheering for and, and why? So this, you know, you can remove the tips and the picking with your head and so on. What's, where's your heart and who, who, are you, who are you actually cheering for, Jamie? It's a, it's a tough one. Well, it's great for us. I mean, you know, do, do I prefer nervous New Zealanders with their reputation on the line or overconfident Brits who suddenly think that they're playing champagne rugby. I mean, they're both brilliant. I mean, just to see them both on such an emotional roller coaster this week is, is, is great for an Australian fan. Um, but on a more serious note, you know, I think if you actually go back and look at some of the tests in 2013, we were awful. Um, you know, just playing so far behind the game line, James O'Connor was a, a terrible pick at number 10. The team was sort of imploding at that stage, just didn't have a strategy at all. And we made the Lions look very good until the second half of the third test when they finally got it together and ran over the top. But the fact that the Lions were still even in that match was largely due to our poor goal-kicking, uh, inability to use all of the ball that we had. And it doesn't; those games do not stand up well. They don't, they don't pass the test of time. I think these games will. And it's been a real celebration of rugby. There's been stuff from... For the neutral stuff, for te- fans from both teams to 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 look at, and so I think rugby is the real winner. Um, but on balance, I would like the Lions to win. I think it's it's good for the game for the Lions to win. All right, what about you, Hugh? Yeah, I, I echo what Jamie said, and that's the conclusion that I've just come to thinking about it now. I think for what it means for rugby, I think I want the Lions to win. I think the All Blacks winning. You know, we all kneel at the altar of the All Blacks, and and you know, we, we uh, really love to talk them up and everyone in world rugby knows how good they are and how good New Zealand rugby is um, at all levels. And we spend all of our time, you know, looking at it and talking about it. But I think just for what it stands for, to have the Lions come away and win on New Zealand soil would, would just be great for the game. Just to show that these guys can be beaten. They're not the invincible force that is going to crush world rugby for the next 10 years. You know, and also 
the more I look at him, the more I dislike Steve Hansen. And to see him have to suck eggs at the end of a losing series on home soil, well, even though the Wallabies have nothing to do with it, I think I'd just like to have a little smile at that. Uh, because I don't think we are going to inflict that sort of pain on him any time in the future as the Wallabies. So I'm just going to have to maybe, you know, put on my Scottish accent and pretend, or my, you know, English accent, and just pretend for a night that I'm one of them. Because, um, yeah, I think at this point in time, I think the whole world of rugby can gang up on New Zealand because I think it's probably the only way we're going to get them, get them down and beat them. Yeah, I, I just want to add one caveat to that picture, which is that I do want the Lions to win, and I think some of the Irish, Welsh, and Scottish commentary teams are really knowledgeable and often quite humble about their own players. But in the in the universe of the English rugby commentary teams, and Stuart Barnes in particular, I really hope that the Lions don't win because they are just insufferable and the number of circle jerks that they go into whenever Maro Itoje does Bloody Itoji, God. Oh, my goodness. It, I mean, it's just it, – anybody would think he was the absolute second coming, um, and he, no pun intended. And it is just uh, – it's just insufferable. So for, for those people in particular, I hope that New Zealand put 40 points on them. But for everyone else, I hope they line <laughs> Well, what about this? What about that scenario where all the English players in the Lions are simultaneously red-carded, they have to leave the field, but the remaining Lions still win the game? So, that, yeah, I like, that's... I like that idea. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm pro that. That's great. That's great. Look, I, yeah, I, I'm, I'm still, I, you know, I can't, I can't cheer for Steve Hansen. I, I actually love the Lions. I, you know, and it, to be fair, it is the non-English guys, although I, I you know, I, I think Courtney Laws is great. I love watching him. I actually love watching Atoje and, and, um, but it's, it's the likes of O'Brien, who's just fantastic, and Connor Murray and Tank Forlong and, you know, the, the Welshies there, Davies and Williams and Falatau, they're, they're great to watch. And I just love this whole concept of them all coming together. So it's, you know, early on, I was, that first test I wasn't sure, but as we sort of watched it, I found myself cheering for them, and that's who I'm going for. So um, the All Blacks, complete respect as uh, for what they achieve as a team, but this is the lines all the way. So can't, can't wait for the weekend. Um, I, I, I think Connor Murray has shown Australian rugby so... Oh. Yep. So much the value of actually having a kicking game with your nine. Uh, it's just a, it's a real game changer at the moment. And we just don't have anyone who can do it. Not a well, also like, you know, he's also showed the value of a nine with a passing game. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's something that, something didn't, that we could also didn't use. He score, didn't he score a try with his nice running game as well on the weekend? I mean, he's just, <laughs> just the full bag of tricks. It's like, I'll take one of the three to be honest. Yeah. And I, I should add, you know, for all the comments that I have about Stuart Barnes, it's nothing compared to uh, Matt Gitto. If you follow <laughs> Matt Gitto on Twitter, Stuart Barnes is his personal enemy number one. Uh, he must have bagged him once in a test or something. But, uh, God, it, the man is very funny, and he, he calls out Stuart Barnes all the time. Yep, very amusing. All right, look, we're going to move on from the lines finally. And, uh, yes, it is Super Rugby this weekend, so... A couple of rounds to go, the Aussies, and obviously there's not a lot happening. The Brumbies are still in contention. Um, so the question is, what did we want from these last couple of rounds of Super Rugby from an Australian perspective? Uh, Hugh Cavill. Oh, God. Um, probably no injuries, I think, is my thing. I mean, let's just play these games out with no one getting hurt. 
Um, and, and that, that might be the best that we can hope for. To be honest, I think if the Brumbies can get some form together, given the injuries that have taken place across the New Zealand conference, yeah. uh, you know, that they might have, have a chance to make a deep run. But I mean, the Lions in South Africa are again looming. I mean, they put, I think, 95 or something on the, um, on, on the, Suffers. uh, Sunwolves, I mean, and that's that was pretty scary. But um, yeah, look, no one to get hurt, and maybe to see some 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 nice, um, you know, see the guys that made strides in the um, in the June internationals, uh, guys like you know Carmichael Hunt and um, you know Adam Coleman's good form continue. And and look, let's let's have a look at Lapetti Tamani and, and Ned Hannigan to see if they can keep some form and find some form moving into the uh, the big tests in the winter because I think that's about the best we can hope for. Because, I mean, to be honest, the Waratahs are playing the Jaguars, I think, on Saturday night. And, geez, I, I reckon there might be a low crowd there, Reg, with everyone in Lions mode. And, and, and I know I'll be watching the Lions at a pub before, you know, well, going to, to a friend's house. So I'm not going to be at the Waratahs on Saturday. And I, yeah. Interestingly, I see they're promoting the fact that they're going to show the Lions match live at the at the stadium on the big screen. They're using that as an inducement to get people there. Well, it'll be good to see some competitive top-level rugby played at Allianz <laughs> Stadium for the first time this year. <laughs> That's fantastic. Look, going on from what you said before I go to you, Jamie, um, and, and there's many things. Just going from that Wallaby campaign, though, I want to see some halfbacks stand up. I don't know who they are, whether it's... Jack, Jack Gordon, you know, stepping up and, and making a mark or even Tuttle, you know, I don't think Frisbee's there. Joe Powell really asserting himself as the Brumbies halfback, but halfback is a massive issue for the Brumbies, uh, for the Wallabies, sorry. Genia showing, you know, some pretty concerning signs for them. And what's, like you said the other week, Q, what, what does he do now for the next few weeks, few months before the, the rugby championship starts? But we need a quality halfback for that test match series. And at the moment, it's a little bit unclear who it is. So hopefully that happens. Uh, Jamie, what about yourself, mate? I really don't have that much to say. I, I <laughs> guess I want to see some hunger from the guys, but i got to admit, I'm pretty checked out. Um, you know, I mean, this, this is a round, a reorganized split round of rugby that started four weeks ago. I mean, I, I don't know who designed this new Sansar competition and I don't know who designed the structure of, of the season, but that person should not have a job anymore. I mean, it's just, it's just ridiculous. Um, and it's really hard to keep all the information in your head and keep enthused and keep following it. And the crowds are showing that so clearly, you know, um, it's a real shame. Um, I guess I'd, like you, I'd like to see hunger. I'd like to see individual players stepping up and showing that they really want to be a core part of the Wallabies for this year. That's what I want. Yep. Like it's short and sharp. Well, let's look, you know, going over that interest, let's, there are three games with Australian teams playing this weekend. Friday night, the Reds are hosting the Brumbies, which uh, Hugh, as you alluded to, I think will be a, a, a very small crowd. Um, they, uh, there's not much, there's not much to draw the interest in. It is uh, NAIDOC week and the Reds will be wearing an Indigenous jersey. And I must say the best Indigenous jersey I've seen the Reds have. It looks great. So that's, you know, something a bit special there. But uh, there's not a lot for Reds fans to look forward to in this match uh, against a team that we have a terrible record against uh, in a local derby that we haven't won a home local derby for at least the last two years, uh, perhaps longer. So uh, tough gig for the Reds there. Uh, Hugh, Jamie, do you see anything different from a, than a Brumbies win here? 
I don't know. I don't know what to make of these this last. You think the Brumbies have got so much more to play for? They've but got to. I think given everyone's been in camps and off and Wallabies and on, you know, they've all, some of them have been in Mauritius and all this stuff. I, I don't. I, I don't know what to make of it. You think you know, the Brumbies should win? But um, um, I don't know. It's a bit of a tipster's nightmare this one. Um, the whole round, really. But um, yeah. yeah, I'll tip the Brumbies. Jamie. Yeah, me too. All right. What about the Force Rebels? That's another one over there in in in, in Perth. Um, I don't know what you call this. You call this the the battle of the uh, you know the 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 legal battle it out in court. It's it's a it's a, these two are battling it out on field as well as off. It's a it's a really uh, interesting dynamic to this to this last two games for the Force in particular. And they play the Waratahs next week, but uh, Force Rebels over there. I, I guess home side rules, Hugh. Um, Force have got a pretty good record against the Rebels, I think, off the top of my head. But um, I, I think the Force should win. But again, I mean, who knows? Um, Teams and broadly, and, stuff, yeah. and more broadly speaking, Reg, who cares? Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> well, and then it's the Waratahs Jaguars, which you make the very good. Well, point now this is the clash of the titans, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, God, all eyes will be on this one. I mean, it, and and look, I I thank the All Blacks and and the the Lions for for playing a good curtain raiser. Um, because that's that's what I think everyone will see it as. Because after watching the, you know, the, uh, it, it, it will make, you know, it, it'll it'll be nice to have a step up after watching the All Blacks and the Lions. You know, everyone will be thinking, can this get any better? And then on will come the Waratahs Jaguars game, and everyone will see that it really can. Uh, lovely, so lovely little yeah. appetizer to the main event. Well, look, the Jaguars lost at home to the Kings last week, so yeah, I think it's fair yeah. to say they're not travelling uh, well. But if there's any team that can play a, a struggling side into form, it's the Waratahs. So, you know, <laughs> I'd expect the Jaguars to come out and really, really play their house down. Um, if the Waratahs, you know, they've, they've shed a few coaches for next season. They're looking like um, they've brought in Simon Cron. They've shed Cameron Blades. Um, and Nathan Gray's gone up to the Wallabies setup. So, you know, there's a few comings and goings, and I think a few players will be playing for contracts uh, in in that sort of wider squad. So, be um, a few things to play for. I, I, I'm tipping the Waratahs, but I think it'll be pretty close. Yeah, interesting one there, Jamie. Any thoughts on the rest of it, or you, uh, you're, 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 you remain indifferent to it all? No, no, I, I love the Haguaras. I think they they always are good to watch, and they play a super unstructured game. That'll play right into the Waratahs' hands. They'll they'll enjoy that. So you know, I think the Tars will get up, and it'll be uh, good to watch. Yeah, I think the Haguaras are here for a. Uh, they've started their Mad Monday already. Yeah, that loss last weekend ensures they're no chance of the finals, and they're here to play the Waratahs, and then Melbourne, the yeah, the two biggest cities in Australia. That they're here to have some fun. I reckon they'll. This could get messy for them, and and, and enable a big win for the Waratahs this week, and the Rebels to finish on a high next week. So we'll see how that goes. Um, all right, lads, thanks for your time, Jamie. Thanks for calling in early in the morning over there, as per usual. Not at all, Reg. And to Hugh, uh, to you too, in the, the more reasonably houred cocktail hour down in Sydney. And uh, to all our listeners, thanks for joining us. Enjoy the big match this week, the All Blacks versus the uh, British and Irish Lions. And then, of course, the return of Super Rugby. And we'll catch you next week. Heels off the top. Larkham. Herbert smashes through the middle. Regan. Drop goal from Larkham. Up it goes! Could you believe it? Larkham has to be a de Beer.